Attention fantasy baseball fans, come to the next level and experience virtual Major League Baseball ownership. Our sports provides an advanced and authentic experience combining fantasy and virtual sport. By owning and operating an our sports franchise, you compete for championships in cash and leagues that mirror the MLB in every way. For sports fans who have dreamed of owning a sports franchise, log on to OurSportsBaseball.com or find them on Facebook as OurSportsBaseball or on Twitter at OurSportsBaseball and make that dream a reality. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Huddle Up Podcast live here on Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. Sean's with us again here another week. Still got that jersey on, but we'll uh, we'll get to that. It is Wednesday, January 17th, 2018. We are part of NGSC Sports. Visit NGSCSports.com for all of the shows, all the written content, and much more. The site's going to be getting even better here in 2018. Make sure you check out our sports baseball. They are the sponsor of NGSC Sports. We also stream daily at LeapSports.com. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Android. Follow us on social media. Facebook and Twitter are both at Huddle Up Podcast. Again, we have the belt in the background, so if Sean forgets who won the fantasy championship this year in our league, he can look back there and see the belt and remember that it lives in this house again. But go to UndisputedBelts.com for all of your uh, fantasy championship belt needs. Also, head over to PlayQB54.com and use promo code PODCAST for 20% off your order. If you need a new game to uh, take out to your tailgates, whether it's an outdoor hockey game, football playoffs, or baseball season will be starting up here soon, go to PlayQB54.com use promo code PODCAST for 20% off your order. Let's uh, let's get Dave in here. Dave, uh, let's get you on the call, buddy. How are you? Dave, he's forgetting that he, he muted himself. Sorry, Jim was uh it's was good driving practice. there, so I had to take myself off the mute. Oh well, there you go, guys. Um, unfortunately, before we before we dive into uh, some of the fun uh, of the day, uh, some sad news out of the college football world: Washington State quarterback uh, Tyler Helinski passed away uh, yesterday. He was found uh, in his room, a suspected suicide. A statement uh, said about four thirty p.m. Uh, officers were uh, dispatched to an, uh, his apartment to check on the uh, welfare of a Washington State football player who did not show up for practice earlier in the day. Uh, they found uh, Helinski uh, dead of a um, of a gunshot wound, a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, so suicide there. Uh, really, really a sad situation. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are with his family and with, obviously, the Washington State community and, and college football and uh, and everyone involved there. Uh, really, the, the one thing I want to put out 
is this that um, you know if you are struggling and, and need help, the National Suicide Prevention Helpline is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Again, that is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. It's just a it's a really sad situation. Um, you know, it's a guy that. Just a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, took over and, and led his team to a bowl win and uh, seemed poised to, um, you know, take over that, that the quarterback job at, at Washington State. And uh, it's just, just a really unfortunate reminder of uh, how real life can be. So let's uh, let's try and uh, turn it to a happier note. Gentlemen, uh, just want to how are you, Sean? Obviously, we see you still have the uh, have the Eagles jersey on. Ecstatic. Absolutely ecstatic and i'll try to remember uh where that playoff belt is uh from fantasy if you try to remember which nfc east team has a playoff win has mm. already happened yeah uh dave how are you this week <laughs> he muted he's himself. speechless he's, he is speechless. He's, he's shocked that nick Foles won a playoff game that's what's happening nick Foles is shocked he won a playoff game well I, yeah the, the entire world not is as shocked. shocked as case keenum but well shocked I think everybody in in Minnesota is uh, is shocked. Dave might have just he might be gone. I think he might have he might have turned on the video, seen you in that shirt, and went, yeah, "Fuck uh, it." That's the effect we have. It's fear as well. It's the effect you have. I've, I've never I've never lost Dave in the midst of a show until you were here. Well, you know, it's you know, there's, there's an air of confidence, a swagger. Dog's going to town it's on himself. Horrifying. Well, that's that's real <laughs> he's life. Ha- he's having fun. That's it's a documentary now. It's he's a nature uh, show. you know he's having fun. <laughs> just give, just give him a moment. Give him a sec. This, he's, he'll be okay. He's enjoying life. He just I didn't want to get in the way of your brotherly love going on. Some the pun there for the Eagle fans. <laughs> Something like that. Dave, how are you this week, buddy? We're doing well. Sorry about that, fellas, and uh, everyone listening there. Uh, we're 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 doing well. It's a warm day here in Central Pennsylvania, so. Um, Got an outdoor hockey game we're going to this weekend where I get to ask you in person live for over 15 hours uh, out of your weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm going to see um, you more than get... I'm, I'm going to see my own wife this weekend. So that's that should be fun. <laughs> Sounds like you're having a hell of a weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, like the, the weather, the, and it obviously, it's just been ridiculous here. A week ago, it was, what, negative 10. Then it went to like 60 in the last two days, we've had snow, and then this weekend it's supposed to be in the fifties. So, I I don't I have no idea, no idea. It's magic. <laughs> it's just <laughs> magic weather. Just show it. Smack the dog, would you? Yeah. He's gonna growl at you. I would too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I disturbed him. But, but uh, you know, once the once the legs start going, you just you, you gotta uh, you know, gotta take care of it. You gotta take care of it. It's usually my rule. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's look back at the divisional weekend. Uh, it opened up on Saturday, and that was uh, that was the game from hell where the Eagles got one step closer to a Super Bowl. I think we can move on to the next game immediately. Yeah, I think so. Um, Sean, I mean, I'll uh, I'll let you have it. Uh, I'll let you uh, brag a little bit. Uh, I know you were. A little tentative to be excited about about the playoffs going into it, but uh, as an Eagles fan, are are you are you in the same mind frame, or or have they now given you all the hope in the world that they're only going to crush later? I refuse to accept all the hope in the world. 
I um, I think the game went pretty much how I thought it needed to go. I, I thought it was a safe game plan as a whole. Uh, Nick Foles was not given the opportunity uh, to really make a lot of mistakes. It was a pretty safe uh, game plan, a lot of running the ball, uh, moving guys around. Uh, Nelson Aguilar was all over the place, uh, and I think that was the right decision. And, um, you know, the defense played lights out like they had to, and, and they forced Atlanta to – uh, kind of uh, limit limit their options. You, you took the running game out. I think both running backs combined for less than 90 yards, I think, was the total. It was like 86. So uh, you did everything you had to do. Julio Jones, pretty big day, 100 yards, but you kept him out of the end zone, so you did everything you had to do. And I will say this. Uh, they did make more of a believer out of me. Nick Foles ne- didn't necessarily <laughs> – but uh, I think as a whole, I thought, I thought with uh, everything that Peterson was doing, um, not to mention um, the matchup you have coming up, uh, you know, it's either quarterback could uh, make decisions either way, could cost some mistakes. I, I think they, they, they would have a shot next week, but I'll get to that later. Point is, you went in, you played your game, you limited the points, and you came out with a win. And now you're two away. And that, that's, that's exciting. And... Um, I was ecstatic. I, I, I was speechless for most of the day, which is very rare for me. That is extremely, extremely rare. I can rare. vouch for that. And, um, you know, the whole city of Philadelphia lit up. I hope it didn't light up too bright because when it lights up too bright, someone up there in the sports gods notices. <laughs> they recognize. And then they crush it. So, like, let's keep the lights down low, guys. Let's keep it down. Let's keep it nice and easy. Be proud. Be excited. Get loud on Sunday. And make sure there's a lot more green than purple. Watch who you're selling your tickets to. That's all I'm going to say. Oh my God! Who the hell cares? Dave, do you have any uh, any thoughts on on what happened to the Falcons or what the Eagles did on Saturday? What did you What did you feed this guy before the show? He's animated this week. It's yeah, about I time. Huh? I don't know. I don't know. He got here. He was all jacked up. I, man, I don't know. I don't know. I've been I, drinking I ask, all day. I don't. I was gonna say I don't <laughs> ask questions. If he's jacked up like that, I just uh, I don't know. I, I I don't ask questions. It's safer to not ask questions. Good, good. We'll have the we'll have the uh, the press Sean next week after the loss this coming week. Hopefully, so, hopefully. Uh, good thing we only have to deal with him like this for one <laughs> week. But um, I, I think the the interesting thing about this game is is I agree with Sean. This this game was exactly how it had to be if the Eagles were going to win. I mean, there's no way if it was a shootout that they were going to keep up with the Falcons. So um, they they accomplished that control. Kind of the, kept it more of a uh, conservative game on both sides. But my, uh, my, one of my bigger takeaways from the game is how do you not have a better fourth down play for the Falcons in your, in your book there? I mean, I know Julio fell over, but how do you not have something better to call on fourth down when your season's on the line? Oh, Dave, even if he stays up. Dave, I, I, I hope you put air quotes when you said fell over, but that's another story in and of itself. Um, he fell first. Sure, sure he did. Um but uh, regardless, uh, a a rollout like that, I mean, it, it, you're literally taking away half the field, for one, uh, so that makes it easier on the defense. But I, I agree. I mean, it, 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 it seemed way too obvious uh, to be going where they went. And, and it was it was a it was a it was a poor it was a poor play choice. I thought it was poorly executed, um, you know, defended well, obviously, by Philly. But uh, also Julio Jones has to put himself in a spot to make the catch. And even if he would have come down with that ball, based on where he came down 
you know, as it were, his feet weren't in bounds. So, and and again, if you're you're making the catch, maybe it, you know your your body's in a different spot. Yeah, I don't go know. go gadget legs. That's what Julio does. But like you know, he didn't even come down with with his feet in bounds. So I mean, it was it was executed so poorly by the Falcons. Um, now, do I think? And I, I this is what I'll say, and I'm pretty sure I tweeted out on Saturday. Do I think that um, there should have been a flag on that play? Yes. Do I think that was the reason why the Falcons lost? Absolutely not. I thought I thought the Falcons came out, um, and I'm not, not taking anything away from the Eagles, but I just don't think the Falcons uh, came out ready to play that game. I really don't. They 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 did they, they and they didn't capitalize on moments. They they failed to put the ball in the end zone. Which how many times uh, throughout the year and throughout the years do you see teams that have an edge early on, but they can't get the ball in the end zone, uh, end up it costs them late because that other team, especially if they're a home team, will f- will f- kind of find their footing, calm down, let the home field advantage play into itself a little bit. And once that crowd started coming alive, I was like, son of a bitch. Like, I just I just knew that, that the Falcons were, were kind of blowing the opportunity, and they did. And it's kind of their MO now. I, I agree. I, I think that the home crowd came into play a lot. I, I think the... Uh, the noise was there. The fans were there. Everybody was excited. And, and, and as soon as the Eagles let it be aware uh, that they came to play and that they were going to um, p- play at a level that was going to limit the Falcons from scoring, and all of a sudden we got a shot as long as we can stop them, um, I think they felt very much a part of the game. And I think they were a part of the game. And I think they'll be a part of the game next week. Yeah, Steve checking in on the uh, on the comments there from Cincinnati, or from uh, from Detroit. So uh, welcome in, Steve. Um, hey Steve. Uh, anything else from uh, from Philly and uh, and Atlanta and Atlanta on Saturday night? Go Birds! I hate you. Uh, <laughs> then you had a Saturday night. You had New England and Tennessee. That was easy. And that's pretty much all I have to say about that game. <laughs> it, it was everything. Just, it was everything I thought said, it was yeah, going it was to exactly be. Exactly what it should have been. The Patriots had two bye weeks. Although if you'd have told me the Titans would have had the first touchdown and the last touchdown, I'd have probably made fun of you. But that was entertaining, uh, right? I I would have I would have put all of my chips on no touchdowns for Tennessee. They uh, they came out to play for six minutes, <laughs> and then Tom Brady got the ball. <laughs> yeah, Dave, six minutes. Yeah, Dave. Any <laughs> uh, any any thoughts from uh, from your favorite team from New England? Well, that uh, that last touchdown did get the over there, so I'm just saying I was pretty pleased with the Titans for that there one. Go. There you go. It's, but, all, it's all about perspective. It, well, it's all about passing tickets. But side note, I think this game just proved how pathetic of a coach um, Mike Malarkey is. You have the, the Titans' offense really has clicked in the second half of recent games when they've been running no huddle and letting uh, Mariota call the plays. And what does he do? He huddles up every damn time. The only time, the only way you really have a chance in this game is to get Mariota the freedom to change things and adjust at the line and catch the uh, the Patriots with bad uh, bad personnel on the field. And he goes slow. So I'm glad his ass got fired. Yeah that that was kind of a weird situation because the night before, I, I like right maybe half an hour before I went to bed, I, I saw a tweet from. Rappaport or Schefter or somebody and it was like uh you know Titans confident in uh was it Malarkey 
Was that his name? Mon- Munchak, whatever the hell the guy's name was. And go and, and it was like, you know, they're confident in him and they're expected to reach an extension. And then 10 o'clock the next morning, uh, Titans and head coach agree to part ways. And I was like, that that was quick. <laughs> um, I'm not shocked he got fired. Um, you know, I, I it was it was a situation like the points you said, Dave, is, is his is his management. And uh, I think even at times his, his uh, preparedness, uh, you know, the, coming into games can be very, very poor. But, um, you know, it just did you did you hear what the what the head person for the Titans said that they really wanted to bring him back, but it was obvious that the organization and the head coach had different visions for the team in the future. What the hell does that mean? Well, I it mean, means that the owners want to win. The owners want to win, and Malarkey was kind of fine just to – I don't know. I was secretly hoping that it was all a, a show by the organization, that they, like, punked him. I, I was hoping that that – when I saw it happen, I was like – I hope that they were like, hey, come on, we're going to work on an extension. Like, ESPN's even replaced going to be – and then they just, like, got him in there and were like – Here's what's actually happening, and just crushed his world like like a kid learning out learning uh, learning some big surprise about mom and dad. The, oh yeah, son. Uh, turns out your birthday. We're 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 getting a divorce. You know what I mean? And he's like, that, that's the equivalent of of this. Co- that's what I was hoping. This big letdown. Like he was expecting balloons and got a pink slip. That's what I was hoping for because he's awful. Awful. But uh, but yeah, it was that. That's the one bright spot for Tennessee. If you're going to take anything out of this, it's like thank you God knew he's gone. And um, and you got one really good game out of Derrick Henry, uh, which means that Demarco Murray's probably gone, uh, and you can move forward with the running back that that bring him back to Dallas. Hoping for. So I mean, beyond that, uh, hell, he I don't could know be back in Philly next year. What the upside is? They, they stock running back. But uh, but those two things are, are pretty good to hang your hat on at this point. That's all. Any other uh, any other thoughts from Saturday, guys? No, that's it. Because if I say it, you're going to push another one of those sound buttons. <laughs> uh, and I think Dave muted himself. So let's move to Sunday. You had the yeah, Sunday. Uh, you had the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Pittsburgh Steelers in what would have been the game of the weekend if it wasn't for the final play of the Vikings game. Uh, the Jaguars, of course, jumped out to the huge lead. And then huge. Huge, was it twenty one nothing? And then uh, the Steelers battled back, but uh, Jacksonville holds on forty five forty two. They send the Steelers packing, uh, and and that just is absolutely uh, everything, everything to me, uh, except for like what's going on in the NFC. But in the AFC, everything is great for me right now. Um, Bortles looked awesome. The Jaguars defense. Um, did not look great for, for as good as they are. Uh, hope you know we'll see if it's if it's an anomaly or if it was uh, if if they're starting to be figured out. But um, I'm happy to see the Jaguars move on. They're they're kind of the the number one team that I'm pulling for in the uh, in the postseason. Yeah, I, I I would not have expected it to go the way it did, but um, I believe two of us predicted this game correctly last week. Um, go Jags. But uh, if you would have told me that Ben Roethlisberger was going to throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns, I'd have hung my head and, and cried a little bit the next day. But, uh, no, I thought Jacksonville came out pretty surprising. They, they weren't afraid to throw the ball. Some of that may have been the Steelers' secondary, the way they were playing. But um, the game dictated that they were going to be able to throw. And, and, you know, Fournette still had his huge day that he needed to have. And the defense, despite all the yards and touchdowns, 
uh, made plays when they had to. And you, you had your big playmakers uh, getting to Ben, forcing a fumble. You had you had the, of course, um, the the play in the defensive backfield on, because even on the touchdowns, if you were watching, I, I on each of those touchdowns. I really couldn't discredit a second a member of that secondary at any point. No. Like every one of them, there was a guy blanketing Antonio Brown or uh, Martavis Bryant, and they ju- the ball just landed where it had to. Well, and, were, and, and I ben, mean, Antonio Brown, right and Antonio Brown proving once again that he's the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I mean, on his two touchdowns, he was interfered with, and he still made the catch. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it was it was absurd. But, yeah, I mean, the the Jaguars defense, you know, they like you said, they made plays and uh, did enough, did enough to win. And that's that's what counts. Uh, Dave, thoughts on this game? Yeah, Jim, uh, kind of agree here with everything that's been said. I mean, it, it, it's it's just ironic that the Steelers lose. Um, I know how that makes you feel. And it's it's a uh, big disheartening event for you. But uh, just kind of. Uh, interesting on what this does for the Jaguars moving forward and what kind of effect this has on the secondary. And is this something that's systemic or is it more of a um, one-off type of situation? And I mean, to me, it's something that it's almost going to benefit the Jags because I think Brady and Belichick are going to look at this and say, hmm, this might be something that we can uh, exploit here. Um, but the, the question is, is it, is it just a one game type of thing? And I kind of agree that the coverage was good on a lot of the touchdowns, but uh uh, I mean, is this something that's just a sign of a bigger problem and this, this defense is being figured out, or is it just that the Steelers' offense is that good? Um, but I have another question then, Jim. Didn't we have a caller last week that said that there's no way that they're going to lose? Yeah, uh, and, and you know, I, I would have expected him to call in uh, while we were talking about this game because usually he chimes in when we talk about things that are Pittsburgh-related. Oh, but, yeah, I've heard that guy. Um, but uh, but our... our you know, our, our, our switchboard here isn't lighting up. and Maybe and, the phones are down. Uh, well, we snow. can try giving out the number yeah. again. I mean, I put it up there in the post. Yeah, put it up there. It's uh, 401-347-0613, and then you have to enter the pin 29312. Uh, one more time, 401-347-0613. Use pin 29312. So, I mean, you know, maybe. And I'm just throwing it. I'm just throwing it out there that I sided with Uncle Mitch and picked those bastard Steelers, a bastard team from Pittsburgh, <laughs> and those shitheads let me down. Yeah, this and is why black and gold are the worst <laughs> two freaking colors on the face. Well, of the let's earth. be fair; they're not, it's not even gold; it's yellow. Like yellow. I want to let the people from Pittsburgh and everywhere else know that Pittsburgh does not wear black and gold; they wear black and yellow. You can call it Pittsburgh gold all you want; you can call it navy blue, but the fact is, it's yellow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not gold um but uh ryan asked where is pittsburgh playing this week i hear they have a, a bunch of tea time set up at tpc sawgrass down in florida well that'll be nice uh yeah it should be, yeah. It should be. i mean the weather's a lot nicer down there it's than gonna be Europe. cool for florida but i mean nothing you know, like last sunday nothing yeah <laughs> nothing like pittsburgh in in january so um uh devin checks in how's it going devin pat watching with us again like and share the video if you're following along live um, weren't there some fantastic memes about the Steelers game though last week, oh, and I got some uh, good laughs out of some of those. Oh my god! Any any time that the uh, Ryan says it's Heinz mustard yellow, yeah. We had a good Pittsburgh dad video too out of it. That was, oh, I, love, I, I, I did watch Pittsburgh dad. I, this I do. Week. I do love the Pittsburgh dad videos, except when they win. <laughs> but he but he uh, he bet his life on the Steelers, and then he got sucked into like a cube and flew <laughs> yeah, through space. So it yeah. was it like the uh, 
Almost like it was like a Superman type deal. Yeah, it was like Superman. He yeah. got sucked fantastic. into the square and flew through a mall in Pittsburgh. <laughs> it was hilarious. An empty mall in Pittsburgh. It was fantastic. Um, all right, here's here's something that, that I kind of thought of because the, the, the topic of the week outside of the games coming up this weekend was, is Mike Tomlin uh, going to be let go in Pittsburgh? He's not. He is still there. They fired uh, or parted ways, however they want to call it, uh, offensive coordinator Todd Haley, which – Based on some of those decisions he made on Sunday, probably a smart choice. Well, they're just letting him walk, right? Like I think it was the end of a contract. I thought. Yeah. So it's yeah. like yeah, they're not. They're choosing not to bring him back. Um, good choice. <laughs> good choice. <laughs> but uh, Mike Tomlin has been the coach in Pittsburgh since 2007. They won the Super Bowl in 2008, his second year there. Um, since then, they've gone. Uh, they missed the playoffs three times. The years they've made it to the playoffs, they've gone two and one, zero oh and one, zero oh and one. One and one, two and one, and zero oh and one. He's one game over five hundred in the playoffs, and I kind of have, I kind of like, I almost describe him as this generation's Barry Switzer. It's a gutsy comparison. You Explain. In, you, you inherit a a team that was kind of set up by the previous great coach, um, obviously Bill Cowher. Barry Switzer set up by Jimmy Johnson. You um, you win a Super Bowl in your second year. Barry Switzer did that. Uh, and then after that, you failed to, you know, achieve, uh, you know, that glory. Now, the Steelers did lose in the Super Bowl to the Packers uh, in 2010. But since then, they lost in a wild card game uh, two times. They lost in the divisional round two times. Uh, they, they, they've only, since going to the, back to the Super Bowl, they've only won three playoff games. They've missed the playoffs twice. And, you know, you're, you're in a division that, you know, most of the time you are first or second. There's twice they finished third and missed the playoffs, but it's a division that is not that hard. Um, you know, you, you, you always have Cleveland who's terrible. Baltimore is seemingly either a Super Bowl contender or a complete flop. Impressively mediocre. I like that. And Cincinnati, um, you know, more times than not, Andy Dalton can't get out of his own way. Uh, occasionally, they make the playoffs, but they, they you know, they they failed to win a a, uh, a playoff game under uh, you know Marvin Lewis. So you're you're in a division that is is I I'd say mostly mediocre. Yeah, if there's, not there's less than of, there's a lot of that mediocrity there, yeah, sure. If if not less than mediocre, so you're always winning it, but you know you're you're failing once you've kind of established your system and your coaches and and you know shaping your team, you you've failed to kind of hold up to a Pittsburgh standard. Now they don't they don't change head coaches a lot. He's only the third head coach in the in the in the team's history, but i I think it is a bad choice, and I'll fully support it. I'll fully support any Pittsburgh team making a bad choice, but I think it's a bad choice for the Steelers to not cut ties uh with Mike Tomlin right now, especially when you're looking at uh there's a lot of rumors that the relationship between him and Ben Roethlisberger is not good uh but Ben says he's coming back. I know he's at the tail of it, end of his career I, I i just I think the Steelers would have been a lot smarter to, to cut ties maybe Dave, what do you think? I think that Omar S, or I mean Mike Tomlin, is an absolute terrible coach. Um, I think he's uh, pretty terrible motivation. And, uh, I mean, how many times in recent years have you seen the Steelers come out flat 
uh, against a lesser opponent, the Browns, the week 17, which is a little excusable given that it's week 17. Um, I mean, they lost to the bears this year, numerous other type of examples though. Um, but that, that ultimately falls on the coach for being ready. Um, time management hasn't been Tomlin's strength. Uh, there's just a bunch of other things. Uh, absolutely horrendous might be a little bit of a, uh, overreaction, but, uh, I don't put much stake in, uh, in Tomlin as a head football coach, he's got a ton of talent around him, which is uh, not blossoming or blooming the way that it should be with a uh, adequate head coach. You know how the old saying goes when you talk about somebody like their ears ring or their nose itches or something like that. Um, this may have actually worked guys because as, as bold as it might be, I believe I tweeted at him. Oh, I did you? So ah, damn credit. it, Dave. You shouldn't have told me that, but we have, uh, we have uncle Mitch on the line. Mitch, how are you doing this week? Have you recovered from this weekend yet? Uh oh. Uh oh. Mitch, are you there? Mitch. Mitch. Hey, Mitch. He's back under a rock since the Steelers aren't playing. Yeah, you couldn't let a dead man just lay dead. You had to poke the bear. Yeah, I mean, I, I let me first let me start by giving you credit, Jim. <laughs> let me give you credit, Jim. You fully called this that the the Jaguars would win. Mitch, I think you're uh, you're breaking up a little here, bud. Um, yeah, I think it, might want to. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I think we I, think we dropped. Him. I think we 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 lost the call. Um, Kate, whether we get him back or not, I'd like to remind him that that two of us predicted the Jaguars. Two, yes, two of us. Um, both with hope. The last time I pick a freaking team from Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, th- I think that that may have been. I don't know. Maybe maybe the most shocking thing of, of last week, Dave, is you and I. For as as many of the things that we disagree on, um, you know, the one thing we can agree on is our is our hatred for. Uh, you know, for for Pittsburgh sports, let's see if uh, let's see if things are working better here with Mitch. Hey, Mitch, is he in the tunnels out there in Allegheny County? Mitch, are you are He's you under a rock? Are you are you in your off season? Hey, bunker? Sorry, I was just getting some uh, some playback on my phone where it was my uh, talking. Okay, uh, not really. Working. There you go. All right, Mitch. Uh, but uh, but but Sean and I, Sean was was uh, you know very quick to remind um, after after we dropped your call there that he and I both um, picked Jackson. Oh, we got lost him again. It's 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 a hard life when when you're uh, apparently when you're a uh, a Pittsburgh guy. Well, you know it is. Uh, it must be on Sprint. They use the same yellow. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I thought maybe while he's waiting to see if he gets back in, I'll, I'll chime in on Tomlin a little bit. I'm I'm kind of along the lines uh, here with Dave. Uh, and you, uh, I, I don't know that he's a terrible coach. I feel like the game plan is, is always there. I feel like the offense is in a, like the, the pieces are there. Uh, the offense, when it's clicking, looks looks great. You can tell they're drawing up good plays. The trouble for me with Tomlin is I think on game day, whether it's the motivation Dave spoke about, to me it's more the uh, inability to steer away from that plan. Uh, there's a lot of games where I've seen Pittsburgh over the last several seasons struggling in a game where Le'Veon Bell is not getting six yards of carry. He's looking at one to two. 
He's like struggling. He's you know he's had ten carries. He doesn't have twenty yards. Uh, they're losing uh, by a ton of points. But his game plan was to attack uh, with Le'Veon Bell, and he won't deviate. Like he just he just sticks to the plan. Now this week in the playoffs, I'll give it to him. The plan changed, uh, but I think twenty one points will do that to you. And and that may be more um, more the offensive coordinator. I don't know what decisions were made, but it was you know from a Pittsburgh standpoint at least seeing them go, hey man, we got to do something, and doing that is something. But but I'm kind of with you. I, I think that as far as as his uh, overall rating, sort of speak, I, I think a lot of people have him in a little higher regard than I'd like to see him um, because I, I just don't think he's that good on game day. Yeah, it's and and again, his his ability and, and his and his staff's ability to manage a game. Um, you know, I I look at it, and and obviously, you know, I, everybody kind of looks at things through kind of their the eyes of their own team, and 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 the, that sort of thing. So I, I look at him and and that staff, really kind of similar, except for the fact that he's won a Super Bowl. To to my frustrations that I have with the Cowboys and their coaching staff. In the fact that you can have as much talent as you want, but if you don't have a game plan and you don't have the ability to make adjustments, uh, you know, as the game dictates, you're gonna you're gonna end up with frustration. You're gonna end up, uh, you know, kind kind of you know, at the end of the day, um, end of the season with with, with a degree of, of of heartbreak. And that you know, that's a situation. Like how many times this year, uh, you know, where the Cowboys either winning or close at halftime, they came out and laid an egg. Their third quarter stats. This year they were outscored. I mean, hundreds of points. But I think it was like thirty-one. Um, it's, I mean, the, the Philadelphia game back in November was it was a prime example of it. You know, they they couldn't get in the end zone. They were up what nine nine nothing at the half when it could have easily been twenty-one nothing. The Eagles come out and and they made adjustments and, and end up scoring thirty-seven unanswered. And the Cowboys fans are just sitting there going, uh, "I hate this coaching staff." <laughs> And and I you know if if I'm a Steelers fan yeah you you have a Super Bowl there but since then it's just completely you know kind of almost been a 180 turn and and they haven't been able to to find that same level of success again. Yeah, I think you're pretty yeah. much saying it. You got it for me. Yeah, I mean perfect perfect example is the onside kick situation on on uh, oh, Sunday how where bad the was that? The, on then the, the second one you kick it deep like what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, baffling from on the onside kicks to a you know eight yard deep pitch on fourth down and and less than a yard against. Well, to be the, fair, Ben Roethlisberger's a pretty small guy. I mean, you don't right, want to I mean, risk you, injury. You there. don't. You don't. Pretty want, tiny fella. Right. You don't want a guy like him. You know, trying to get half a yard. Um, he could yeah. literally just bend over with the football and would have had a first yeah. down. I mean, it's it's forward progress <laughs> like and then they had another one late in the game where they threw it they threw that awful pass to juju smith schuster on a fourth right. and short that would have been an easy qb st- I, I i mean it was baffling and, and that's probably a good reason to not renew a contract uh you know uh, i mean it's probably the last straw really sure I, I don't think it was you know that's why um but um yeah I, I, there was so many situations in that game you and maybe that 21 points was kind of a quick blow to the head. They probably should have put him in the concussion tent there for a couple <laughs> minutes trying to figure out what uh, what to do. Um, but I, I loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'll continue to support. It's also because I, I'm kind of loving what Jacksonville's doing. I'm loving the defense, you know, whether or not it's that swell of points or not. I'm loving what they can do at any given time. And I love this, the kind of smash-mouth football 
And it's getting hard to not like Blake Bortles. Like, I, I still don't think he's that good, but he's uh, he's fun right now. Right. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Well, and, and, you know, one of the things that I like is – is Jacksonville's carrying themselves with the swagger of a team that you know you you can obviously tell has never been there before. So they're just they, they there's not a degree of expectation like you have in New England, like you have in Pittsburgh, like like you have with with some of these organizations that didn't make the playoffs this year. Like Jacksonville, it you know you make it you're, you're kind of just happy to be in the you know in the same room. As the dancers, you're not worried about winning the dance competition, which they don't tell Ramsey that. Which they well, I mean, they absolutely <laughs> could, but like they're just they're carrying themselves with with just the, the swagger because you know that room believes that they can win. That room believes that you know they're the best team out there, but you know everybody else is going. I don't know if we are, or I don't know if they are. So, so nobody. I don't. Know I think how. they're just. They're just carrying themselves like a team that had Jim pick them to win a division last year and then betrayed them this year. <laughs> I also had them winning last year. Just, yeah. just throwing that out there. Yeah, but you didn't make it, uh, uh, you know, on a podcast no, audience no. where Dave could. I mean, uh, I might have just made that up to make you feel better. You don't. No one out there knows po- that. Possibly, um, but yeah, I mean, and and if and if they go on to win the Super Bowl this year because I picked them to win the division last year, I'm fine with that because my you know primary rule is if my Cowboys don't win, uh, I don't want either team from my home state to win. So if Jacksonville does it, then I'm cool. Uh, but let's uh, let's look, guys. Let's look at the other game uh, from Sunday. Wait, there was another game. Yeah, there's another game. And, well, there was another play at least. Um, you had uh, you had Minnesota. They went up what seventeen nothing, and then uh, thought they could cruise to a victory. The Saints came back, actually took the lead, uh, and then Ugh. and then what may have been. One of the like greatest endings and worst tackle or tackle attempts um, in the history of the NFL, uh, all in the same play. The Vikings win 29-24, keeping the hope of a home team playing in the Super Bowl alive, although they'd be the road team technically. Because this year is the, the AFC is the home team in the Super Bowl. But the, the NFL did announce that um, if the – Vikings make it to the Super Bowl, they will get to use their facilities and they will get to use the home locker room. If they if the Vikings do not make the Super Bowl, then the AFC team would get the home locker room. Oh, that's interesting. So they would they would not make the Vikings like move out of their locker room. Okay. It makes sense. I mean it's the right it's the right call. Right. I mean it's, like every everything's there, everything move you know. your stuff. Get out of get out of here. Tom like a, Brady needs to Could his you locker. could you imagine like the like the uh the media guy that gets the picture of like Tom Brady standing by the Vikings locker room like just like just, move it down there. Just tapping Case Keenum on the shoulder like <laughs> Hey, hey you're you're in my locker. Tom's here. <laughs> like that that uh Oh, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, guy. I forgot Tom was coming today. You know, but uh, that was my Case Keenum impersonation, by the way. He may sound like that. I've never heard the guy talk. I think to he be, sounds like to this. be hundred percent honest. Um, but it it, w- it was such a weird game because it was all Vikings, then it was all Saints, and you thought, well, I guess uh, the Vikings just blew it, and then all of a sudden they, they did. Know, <laughs> they did, and then they did, and then they didn't. Why are you so mad about it? I was 10 seconds from four for four. 10. 
Yeah, four well. out of four last week. I had the Saints. Yeah, you know. They did what they – and at halftime, I was just making these huge claims at the bar. I was like, Drew Brees is going to win this game. <laughs> He's like, here come the – and each touchdown, I'm starting to build – and there was this one guy that believed in the Vikings, and I don't know why – he wasn't a Vikings fan. He was a Giants fan. I didn't really understand his loyalty to Case Keenum. It didn't make any sense. But he Wait, kept shouting at me. Somebody was like they, they were pro-Vikings in a Giants hat. I didn't, I didn't really get it. Well, it's the same reason I was pro-Vikings. I mean, if I, would ha- if I would have purple shirt or Vikings hat or something, I would have worn it today. Here for, so, well, so yeah, today. But why against the Saints? What's the matter? Maybe you thought that the Vikings were the better team to beat to the beat Eagles. To beat the Eagles. See, I, I I disagree. That's the pro I took Or maybe out. he's like me and just does not like the Saints. I guess. I don't know. Either way, they they blew the, that one. That one or, or, just inbounds, James. Or maybe. Make the tackle. Maybe he's a Giants fan, which means he's an asshole. Well, it could be that. That, I, I think, that is that probably the most probable. Yeah. That makes sense. That's probably the most probable answer. I'll buy it. Because right. he's a Giants fan. He's Sorry, a, finish your take. Um, I got excited because I no, was no, mad. No, that's fine. Uh, I think I was done. Dave, your 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 thoughts on, on this game? Man, I got to listen to two of you mumble on for minutes about nothing. Yeah, we really got nowhere on that. Yeah, it's, that's kind of what we do. Sorry. But try, it's okay. Just try and keep up. So, a couple, couple comments on the final play. Um, being a bank holiday on Monday, I got to watch a lot of talk radio or listen to a lot of talk radio and watch uh, – ESPN and listen to a lot of these overly paid analysts discuss some stuff. And I thought they made some interesting points um, over time that they finally got to some of these conclusions, but it was interesting to watch your viewpoint shift during the day. But the first one was that they're, they're pretty convinced that the uh, Saints cornerback came in low and missed the guy because if he would have hit him, he would have been there early, which would have given them, given them a field goal. Yes. Um, assuming that the NFL calls pass interference. So, that's kind of an interesting point, but if that's the case, why didn't the guy just pull up and tackle him then once he caught the ball? Tackle him inbounds. That's, that's my thing the whole time. My issue was never that he was past him or that he leaned away. It was that he was pursuing him at that, like, you just got to get close, and when his feet touch, keep him inbounds. That, that's right. your job. Right. I mean, you know, I, I get that he got there early, and I think that I think they even um, – I think he even – he said it or um, – uh, Peyton said it in in the post game is you know he 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 went he ducked down because he didn't want to commit pass interference which again I fully understand but it and maybe it's because he's a rookie and 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 like that's the thing too lost in all this you're talking about a rookie who's extremely talented had a, had a great rookie season and you hope that this moment does not like hover over him and haunt him for his entire career but you're looking at a situation where you have a, you, you have a uh, you know you you have a guy that just know know the situation feel the room like you don't have to separate the receiver from the ball I get that you know every other pass in that game if that goes to your guy that's your job separate the receiver from the ball don't let him get the catch you don't have to do that here you have to wait till he gets down and then just tackle him inbounds game over you're going to the NFC championship so I don't know it maybe it was just that the moment got too big for him he you know kind of panicked um but I, I think I, I, I even heard that the uh, you know the, the Vikings said that the play was for you know Diggs to just catch the ball and just step and right out, out. Bounds, just get right yeah. out of bounds. But when he hit the ground and he realized there is nothing <laughs> between me and the end zone, um, obviously instinct took over and uh, 
It, it was like the scene out of Forrest Gump where Forrest just kept running up the tunnel. <laughs> well, and to that, to that defensive back's credit, um, he made the pick earlier in the game. Right. That set up a score that pretty much put the Saints in the game. So, like, I'm not going to take – I mean, the guy, the guy's, a, you know, pursuing a ball. That's fine. Uh, and, he, you know, he's going to be remembered for the play that, you know, essentially cost him a game. But it would have never gotten to that had he not made the interception. Right, he went for the so, highlight so reel hit. The guy had a good game. He went for the highlight reel hit, um, and, I mean, he did make the highlight reel. So, like, he, he made it halfway. <laughs> um, I mean, and the other thing is, how much credit has to go for, for, for Diggs, though? I mean, you kind of touched on it, but uh, to stay in bounds there. I mean, you know it's drilled into your head and in the huddle there that, you know, you catch it, you got to get out. You got to get out. You got to get oh, out. Oh, phenomenal and, play! Uh, you know, the, but if something goes wrong on the way to the goal line, he's going to get like if he trips it, he like just blows a tire. Do you imagine he trips and falls or tears an ACL? You know, he just happens like, to step out of bounds like, like with zero time left. Because that's the thing too is is not to be lost. You know, in, in everything is the Vikings and playoff field goals to win a game do not mix well. No. You know, you you have you know the Blair the Blair kick project. Uh, you know, in that game against Seattle, uh, you know you ha- you have the uh, the end of the NFC title game. If you know a few years back, I mean the, the kicking and uh, you know kicking and the Vikings do not go well. So you could just imagine if if Diggs would have went out out of bounds with all of that field in front of him, what would have gone through the the Vikings fans' heads? Going oh. All Kai Forbath has to do is kick a field goal in a dome. No way you could miss that, right? Um, oh man! All right, let's uh, let's let's give Uncle Mitch a try again here. We're gonna try and get him in. He said he was he was driving, so it may have been may have been a a reception issue. Mitch, maybe third time's a charm. Let's give it a go. Oh no, maybe not. Maybe not. I heard a chime. That was me adjusting the volume. I don't think it worked. <laughs> no. Mitch, are you there? Going once. Third time's a charm. Can you guys hear me? Am I on the air? Ah, right, we got we you. Got him. We got him. How about it? Uncle Mitch, welcome back to the show. Have you recovered? Hey, 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 guys, guys, guys. Hello, 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 hello. hello. Can you hear us, Mitch? Check. Check. Mic check for Mitch. Oh, I don't. Maybe he can't hear us. Maybe that's the problem. Are we yeah, live? you know, somewhat. It's been a, uh, it's been a rough, uh, rough few days. Um, yeah, my thing. Uncle Mitch. Thing, uh... <laughs> Dave just yelling. Dave, calm down over there. I think I think we're having problems. Like I think he's getting us on a delay. He's. I think he's getting us on like a ten minute delay. Uh, Mitch, we 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 might have to uh, might have to let you go here. I hate to do uh, that because I I love to brag. Hi guys, speak to Jonah, please. I, uh, I I I love to brag when 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 the Pittsburgh loses, but I think we're having having some phone issues. We'll try and correct those. Uh, we'll try and correct those for next time. Um, but uh, Pittsburgh lost. Pittsburgh sucks. Um, you know all that fun oh, stuff. James, calm down. Just slow down. We have <laughs> we have uh, <laughs> we'll have plenty of hockey talk uh, over the next couple months. Uh, to address with you, Mitch. So we'll 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 take care of that then. Um, yeah, I mean the 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 play to end that game was 
spectacular. Now, now the question is, and you know, we can kind of transition to this weekend's games is can Minnesota put the emotion and, and, and all of that that happened from this past weekend behind them and get, and get focused on this week. Sometimes, I mean, there's instances where uh, teams can do that very well, but then there's obviously, there's been other times over the course of history that teams, you know, kind of can't, uh, you know, can't focus on the task in front of them anymore. There's going to be a lot of distractions all week. You know what I mean? It's going to be, you're going to have the video showing over and over again. That's what that's what reporters are going to want to talk about. You know, um, you know, and and like you said, that emotional high, uh, you know, is going to have a layover of some sort. You just hope it's not too many days. Now they're a very good football team, so uh, you know I'd expect them to get right back to work. But um, yeah, that could be tough. Uh, I, I agree. I hope it's an issue. <laughs> Dave, they're playing Nick Foles. I'm not worried. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, that game is the late game on Sunday. It is uh, 6.40. It is on Fox. Minnesota, the three-point favorite, uh, 38.5 is the uh, the over-under. I'm going to go ahead and make a bold claim and say under. (laughs) (laughs) That's bold. Real bold. At 38? How did they come up with 38 for these two teams? Well, I mean... One big Stefan Diggs play, and that's seven. Right. But, like, what did the, the Eagles scored, what, 12 last week? 15. Okay. Oh, great. <laughs> against the, 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 uh, against the Falcons, not the, uh, not the Vikings. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely bet the under on this one. The, the, the weather is not going to be a factor. I think it's supposed to be like 57 in Philly, say, nice. yeah. 57 in Philly on Sunday. So, you know, you, you don't have that situation of, uh, you know, either team being able to make, you know, some sort of excuse that it was weather or, or anything like that. Um, I absolutely, and, and obviously this comes as no surprise, but I, I think Minnesota is the better team, but, but I'll, I'll kind of go to the mistakes that Atlanta made when you have the opportunity if you have the opportunity early if you're the if you're the Minnesota Vikings this week you need to score and you need to score touchdowns because at some point you know something's going to happen at some point that crowd's going to either stay in it or get back in it because of a because of a a play that happens so as Minnesota you have to control that environment because you know, if people can talk about Philly fans and you can try and follow the rhetoric, uh, you know, all you want. But the bottom line is you're talking about the loudest, proudest and, uh, you know, arguably, in my opinion. And, and, you know, obviously, I'm not coming from a fan's point of view, because if you say it, people might say you're, you're a homer. Right. You know, I am. And I know com- what word you're going to say. I'm the complete opposite of it. But you, it is the most knowledgeable. There it is. As, as a whole. Like, don't get me wrong. You have morons, but you have morons in every fan base. So, you know, don't don't use the idiots as the, uh, you know, as your example. It, they are the, the arguably the most knowledgeable fan base. When when they're booing the team, it's because they know that they're not performing to a level that they should be. So that crowd's going to be in it. That crowd's going to be pumped. The crowd's been waiting for this moment for a very long time. And um, obviously, with all the craziness that's happened this year across the NFL 
I mean, look at the quarterbacks this weekend. Bortles, Keenum, Foles, and then that Tommy guy in New England. Like, he's made, I think I think I saw he's made like three and a half times more playoff starts than the, than the other three combined. So you're, you're looking at a situation where, I mean, even more than normal, I feel like anything can happen. So that fan base is going to hang in it. If you're Minnesota, you you got to put them out and, you know, just never let up. Because I think they let up this past weekend, and it almost cost them. So if they can get over that emotion, if they can get get over, you know, the, the big play and winning in front of your home crowd, and not look ahead to playing in a Super Bowl in your home city, I think Minnesota can, I'll even say it, easily win this game. But they, they have to be smart. But obviously, I'm picking Minnesota. Sean, we'll go to you. We know who you're picking, but maybe explain why you're picking. Well, and I make sure I, he has some uh, lotion on his hands here while he's rubbing this one out. You know, it's, his leg will start twitching like the dog's start twitching. Yeah, they'll have to they'll just snap. <laughs> and I have to smack yeah, you. Yeah, it'll have to happen. <laughs> um, no, I'll I'll take Philadelphia again, um, and I'm kind of with you on the under. I, I think if it goes over, we're in trouble. Um, but I, I think that it's a little more confidence this week, I, I, having seen the game plan last week and the, the preparation that was done. Um, I, I, I thought that it was a, a well-called game, and, and I thought that everyone executed well, and I expect that defense to be there again. Um, and the, the good news, uh, you know, in, out of the uh, Saints game last week is that even though I was incorrect – I got the matchup that essentially I wanted. It was kind of win-win for me watching it because I feel I would rather play Case Keenum. You know, I'm less concerned about their defense um, slowing us down because I feel we're going to try to do the same thing uh, instead of having to try to possibly outscore an Ingram, Kamara, Breeze nonsense. Uh, so I think you got the matchup you wanted. I thought in the second half, as much as you thought maybe the, the Vikings kind of uh, were letting it slip away, I saw a game where, where the Saints made some defensive adjustments and Case Keenum looked a little bit vulnerable, uh, as did um, the running game. I, I thought they had a chance to try to run that game away, but um, the Saints played good run defense, forced Keenum to throw, and that's kind of what the Eagles do. Uh, you play a good run defense, force them into longer pass plays, and then try to get a mistake with your edge rushers. So if you can do that and force Keenum to make those mistakes, I think you got a shot. So I'm going to take the Eagles low scoring. Uh, I like the Eagles. Give them to me. We're going to Minnesota, but so will Minnesota. I mean, if they lose, I'd imagine they, they are still going. They're, to Minnesota. they're going to Minnesota. Either, either way, way, either way, Minnesota yes, is going technically to Minnesota. Technically, yes, okay. Minnesota it is. But I'm taking the birds. All right, Dave. What uh, what's your take on this game? So, Sean, I just want to ask a question. First off, what do you think the weakness of this Eagles defense is? Uh, probably the young secondary, which is why you need those edge rushers and, and the run defense to do it. That's the, I did not want to face breeze because of that. It's interesting. I've heard a lot of, I've heard, you're, you're probably the fifth or sixth Eagles fan that has told me that you'd rather face the Minnesota defense than Drew Breeze, which is the opposite of what I was expecting, which is kind of interesting to me. I mean, if I was the Eagles, I think I'd rather face the Saints, but I don't know. I, I think you. I mean, they're both great Eagles, football teams. So. I mean, I'm like, I mean, there were times while watching that first half where I was like, you know what? Maybe I, you know, don't. Want, maybe I'd rather play the Saints. Go get them. But um, yeah. I mean, they're both. It was like fifty-fifty. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's it's at least 
the NFC, there's some depth in the playoffs, just throwing that out there, that it's not just a kind of title game and move on for some teams. So um, I, I think the thing that's going to be the, the key in this game, um, I, I do agree that the Eagles are going to stop the run or attempt to stop the run. But I think what's going to – the key to this game is can, um, can Case Keenum connect with Diggs or uh, Thielen or anyone else um, down the field and stretch the field a little bit? Um, if they can do this, I think Minnesota can put up 30, 35, 40 points potentially. I think uh, once you get a first – a couple big connections, if you can do that early, I think this, uh, this can get out of hand pretty quick because I think the receivers – and Keenum are going to gain some confidence, but I also think the D-backs are going to get shaky on the, uh, the Eagles side there if they're able to do that. Um, if not, I think this is a, uh, a, a replay of the Atlanta game last week. It's almost, identical, um, it's almost an identical offensive setup that Atlanta employs and Minnesota to some extent, um, but you have a better defense on Minnesota's side of the ball. I, I don't see the Eagles scoring points in this game, um, barring any defensive-aided points if that makes sense um i think this total of 38 is exactly where it should be i don't think there's any uh any any value one way or the other but uh again if i had to pick i would probably lean on the over just because i think minnesota is going to have some uh pretty easy time scoring here um i do like minnesota obviously as well um just think that they're the more complete team uh wide receivers are better on minnesota in my opinion uh running backs are probably pretty much a wash um, I think the Minnesota defense is far and away better than Philadelphia. But then you have that, uh, that underdog mentality in Philadelphia, the, the untangibles, home field advantage, things along those lines. So is that enough to flip the game to Minnesota or to Philadelphia? I don't know. Um, I, I think Minnesota is the better team on paper without a doubt, um, just given their health at the moment. But uh, whether or not that's enough to pencil them into Minnesota or not, uh, that's another question. So uh, I'm taking the, the, the Vikings, and I'm taking the over. Speaking of uh, underdog, you saw the mask that uh, oh yeah that Johnson like Amazon sold out of those this week. Yeah, well he also made shirts. You see those like yeah he like sold crazy, what like thousand like, thousand dollars yeah, or something. And, and they, they yeah I forget how many thousand they sold like in yeah. 24 hours. Uh, pretty impressive. I want to clarify something, Dave. You said the Eagles are going to not really have they're going to have trouble scoring, is what I heard. So very low scoring there. Does that mean you're calling like 30-plus points out of Minnesota? Am I hearing this correctly? I think that's correct there, sir. I, I could see right. a uh, 35-10 game. I just want wow, to make sure I heard go, it. Go into Philly and steamroll them. Now, the the, uh, the Eagles did say um, that you know fans who bought the, those dog masks, you can wear them into you can wear them to the stadium, you can wear them during the game, but you have to take them off, obviously, to come in. Right. But, uh, you know, so I'm assuming we'll see plenty of those. Uh, Chris checks in on the uh, on the comments. He said the uh, the biggest adjustments the Saints made was they brought five um, in the second half. The Vikings couldn't pass protect. Um, I mean, they, they at least completed one pass in the second half, so they did what they had to do there. Um, I mean, it is a good point. I mean, the, you know, the, the Saints made some adjustments. And that's why I would – that's why I'm saying uh, I would take the under because I, I, I think and, – and this goes to – um, you know, two brilliant defensive coordinators in this game. Yeah, it's it's something that uh, you know. The, obviously, there's a couple shows that do it. You'll you'll see people you know kind of tweet it out when they're when they're talking about games. Is you know like this team can win if this team you know you know blank can win if. Um, and I uh, I, th- I think Dave I think Dave has to check out here. Uh, he's got to take care of the kid. But 
Uh, Dave, who do you have in the uh, AFC Championship? Hey, Jim, uh, got to go take care of the baby quick. Uh, might be able to hop on again, but uh, we'll see. But uh, we're taking the Jags straight up, uh, FU Brady, and we're taking the under. All right, there we go. Um, uh, pretty uh, pretty plain and simple, Dave. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Take care, guys. See you, Dave. Got to do what you got to do, man. When you got when you got the uh, when you got the kid there, um, you know you always you see the thing, and it's like you know so and so can win if so. Let let let's do this with Minnesota and Philadelphia. Minnesota can win, or Minnesota will win if blank. What 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 it would you say would be the biggest key is for the Vikings to win the game. Don't uh, say it's like an either score or. more points. Well, yeah, it was going to be an either <laughs> if they score more. Hey, if, uh, if, you know, they score more points than, uh, you know, stop the other team from scoring points. I mean, like a 1A and a 1B. I think the most obvious for me was if the Eagles can't stop them from scoring. And it sounds really simple, but but I think the Eagles are going to lean on their defense heavily again. And, I mean, the Vikings do too. But if the Eagles' defense folds for any reason, and gives up those big plays Dave was alluding to, or gives up any, um, you know, huge chunk runs for Latavius Murray. If that run defense falls apart, that would be the biggest thing for me, is if, if you can't stop the run and force Keenum to play, like, and they start scoring points in bunches, you're, you're going to lose. You know, the, the kind of 1B would be, um, if the defense still does their job, would be if, if the Minnesota defense does the opposite. If Nick Foles just can't, can't get free. He doesn't have any time. The running game for the running game for Philly doesn't go in. So so it's kind of that sway between defenses where you're waiting for a mistake. If no mistakes are made, it's going to come down to you know who's moving the ball closer to the fifty. You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. My my thought here is you know Minnesota wins if um I think I mean I think really plain and simple they don't turn the ball over. You think it's that simple? We don't take the ball away. If 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 Philadelphia doesn't take the ball away, um, because I think that the, I think that the Vikings defense, because you know if you look at it, you know the, the, if the, you don't have that lull moment where they where they kind of let the the Saints get up off the mat this past weekend, I, I think the, you know it's a steamroll game against the Saints. So you don't you know you don't you know that 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 defense is capable of shutting down any offense and. Um, obviously no, no disrespect intended here to, to the Eagles, but, um, I will, I would take the saints offense over the Eagles offense currently period. I mean, like, well, I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, again, it's two, not, it's not a disrespectful statement. It's, they have it's three kind of pro bowlers behind the center. I right. Mean, like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you, you have, you have all the weapons plus a, a, you know, a hall of fame quarterback. Um, it's, it's, you know, in Minnesota, you know, held them to, to what, you know, 24 points and could have been a lot less. Um, so, you know, that's my key. Minnesota wins if they don't turn the ball over. Um, Philadelphia wins if. Okay. I'm going to kind of stay away from the very same. I mean, I could just kind of flip right. my answer around, but I will go a completely different direction here. I'm going to say if. Uh, Doug Peterson stays inventive okay. on the offensive side of the ball. You know, the defense is going to be inventive because it's Jim Schwartz, and he's gonna, they're going to see those five-man rushes Dave talked about, and they're going to see that. If, if 
because I thought it was creative against Atlanta. It wasn't dangerous, but it was creative. You saw runs out of strange formations. You saw Nick Foles uh, moving, uh, you know, like having a shifting pocket. I I saw some fun stuff happening, and I think you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to run some, like, simple trickery, some sleight of hand, um, and just keep Minnesota guessing. Maybe run a no-huddle offense at at some point to keep them on the field. But um, from what I've seen from Doug Peterson, it will be. I, I think it should be exciting. Um, obviously the easy one for me would say Philadelphia wins if they force turnovers. There you go. <laughs> um, but I would say Philadelphia wins besides that. Philadelphia wins if when they have the ball, they can, they can, tr- can control the clock, uh, long drives and come up with touchdowns. And I know coming up with touchdowns is like really walking out on the play. Score touchdowns, you're going to win the game. It's like a John Maddenism, but, um, no, I because the the longer you can get have that defense out there, obviously the more they're going to wear down. Right. The, the longer your offense is out there, um, you know, the better chance that you know when your defense gets out there, they're going to be energized, they're going to be ready, the crowd's going to be behind them. You're going to have that opportunity to make you know to force those turnovers that I think are are, are the the truest key. But you know, uh, well, what was uh, and I know I know it's probably not a great example from a head coaching standpoint, but what was Charlie Weiss's point? Um, especially in his first couple of years in Notre Dame when they were actually successful, was the team that, you know, wins the time of possession a lot of times is the team that wins. Oh, yeah. You know, because, you know, you're dictating the game. It's the same concept of, you know, winning the faceoff in hockey because you're dictating the play. You're not trying to react to what's happening. So, you know, to me, Philadelphia wins if they can, they can control the clock and, uh, you know, long drawn out touchdown drives. If if you're relying on uh you know your 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 field goal game, you're you're in trouble first off because he can't make anything inside of forty yards, <laughs> which yeah, is a ridiculous statement. It's absurd. Like the guy cannot make an extra point. No, you if put it's inside, him out, you put him past forty five, he's gold. You know, like hey, hey, guys, it's a sixty uh sixty yard kick into a thirty mile an hour win. Got it. Don't worry about it, guys. It's a Clutch. nineteen yard chip shot with the wind at his back. Somebody, yes. somebody get Zach Roots out there to kick that. I'm not. Somebody else kick. Anybody. Anybody else kick this um, damn kick. Um, anyway, I've, I've said my piece on this game. I, I, I'm kind of just excited to get to it. I'm sure. Well, you got you got some time to wait, Sean. But let's talk about uh, a game that, from a Vegas standpoint, is is you know really kind of a flip. 46 and a half points is the over under. They have That's New awesome. England as a nine point favorite. They're like they are really giving Jacksonville no respect after what the Jaguars have done um, this year. Which again, if you're if you're the Jaguars, you you, you probably you know really do love this because it goes it goes back to the point I nine said earlier. Nine, nine times, nine times <laughs> is that you you know you you're you're in this you're in this situation where you know even even if you can even if you keep it close and lose from a uh, you, you know, from a, you know, favorite standpoint, you know, you, you did the job, you know, you, you covered, um, I have Jacksonville winning. I've been, you know, I, I've been, I've been behind them. I had originally, I had new England winning this game, but I also had the Rams winning the Super Bowl, So I might as well just, yeah, just. Toast. Screw the predictions that the I made. Is toast. You know, the <laughs> you might as well forget what I predicted at the start and, and look at it now. 
And, and I, you know, I said before the playoffs that if I'm the New England Patriots, the one team that I don't want to play is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because they're they're doing they're doing things that absolutely they they, they can stop the Patriots because the Patriots defense good can, yes can they disrupt Blake Bortles absolutely sure who can't but you know the, the the Patriots offensive line at times has been suspect this year Tom Brady not getting any younger um you you know you don't have the best receiving core you never do in New England and if you can keep the ball away from Gronk. You, you, there's a real good chance you win that game. And 46 points, for, was it 46 and a half? I'm also taking the under in this one. Yeah. Regardless of the fact, I know. Yeah, I, I don't like 46. I know Jacksonville just put but. up 45. And I know the Patriots just put up 35. But the Patriots were playing Tennessee. <laughs> it's also nervous, though, because I think that's a number that makes you want to take the under. You're like, Jacksonville. And usually if you want to take the under, it goes the other way. Uh, sure. So, I mean, it could easily be that kind of over game, but I, 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 I find it bizarre. We're probably the only podcast in America where three people are on the show and all three don't take the Patriots. Because <sighs> originally I had Jacksonville winning two games and losing to New England, like you did. That that was kind of sure. My, that was you know, I, like it's a feel good story. You know, just kind of buying in, and like as an Eagles fan. I, I much, it sounds dumb to say, well, the Jaguars are good enough to beat the Patriots, but I'd rather play them. You know what I mean? Like, rather, it's weird. Tom Brady can't beat them, but, but, I'll, but I'll, 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 like I'll, like, I'll take chance. my chances, you know? Um, <laughs> but again, this year's I, NFL, why the hell not? Dude, just get, this year's NFL you know makes what, Blake? no sense. Get out there. And I'll tell you what, if you're a New England fan, the best thing that could have happened for you is the two of us just took the team that's playing against you. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm I'm riding I'm riding the Jag, the Jags. Don't you stop believing, right? I mean, this like that should be the motto if you're the Jaguars. Well, I don't know. I think they've been doing so well with no one believing. Why would you want anyone to start believing? But just, they're believing. That's like true. And, like that's the thing. Like everybody outside that room, you know, n- nobody believes them. Train kept a rolling. That'd be a good thing. It, it did. It just kept moving on. But I've, uh, heard, I've heard rumors that um, there's a good chance that as far as Gronk goes. That he's going to see Jay, uh, uh, Ramsey. I, I think Ramsey's going to have would, a lot yeah. of. Who else do you need to put Ramsey on? Brandon Cooks. You just put somebody fast on him. Right. Doesn't matter who it is, you know. And and your possession guys. But I will say this: on plays where they don't want Ramsey on him, the the, the reason that I think the Jaguars are a hard matchup for him is is they have probably some of the fastest linebackers I've ever seen. Yeah. And they were able to get back into coverage. They held on to guys like Juju Smith Schuster. And and Rodgers in that Steelers game, a lot, there were a lot of plays where a linebacker made the play. Right. And then a linebacker recovered a fumble and outran everyone on that Pro Bowl Steelers offense. So th- these guys can move. And, and so normally Gronk's thing is, well, I'm faster than linebackers. I'm, you know, bigger than safeties. Well, they got some big D-backs down there they in Jacksonville. Do. And they have some fast linebackers. This could t- cause some problems. Today in the, uh, in, the, in the weekly press conference, Gronk, said that the Jaguars are the toughest team they've played all year. And I've seen some people be like, oh, you know, that's just, uh, you know, that's just football speak. I don't think it is. Cause, well, because Gronk speaks from Gronk's point of view. And from where Gronk stands on a field, that's the toughest defense the, to It get absolutely through. is. And, like, I, yeah, I mean, I, have, I, work with a bun- I work with a bunch of guys who are Patriots fans from, from New England. And I said, you know, this is the matchup you guys didn't want. From a, from a football standpoint, this is the matchup you guys did Can they win? Absolutely. But again, to that point, we probably 
New England wins if. If the train stops. I don't know. New England wins if um, – I'm going to put it on the defense because I, I, I think – I, I think if, if New England's defense can make those turnovers you said in the other game, I think if New England can force Bortles to make the mistakes we haven't seen that many of, um, and I think the best way to do that is is um, stop the run. I, I, I think if you can – gosh, you got to make some plays on that Jacksonville offensive line. If you can keep Fournette under like 60, 65 yards – and all signs point to him being to healthy. Throw, right. He got banged up this week, but but all it, it he, looks he, fine. he seems like he's fine. And and I mean, I think if you can stop that running game, they're going to go three and out a couple times because they're going to try to run the ball. And if you can get those points from Tom Brady while that's happening, then then you're doing okay. So I'm going to hang it on the defense. Say they got to make the plays, stop Jacksonville on the offense. Um, New England wins if the moment becomes too big for the Jaguars because th- throughout this, throughout this run, they've really never, um, they've really never seemed to get, uh, overwhelmed by the moment. They've never seen even, even Sunday when they went up 21, nothing. And you know, the Steelers came back every time the Steelers got close, the Jags answered every time the Steelers, you know, threw a right hook, you know the you know the the Jaguars answered back with a combo of their own, right? So they never got affected. You know they go on yeah. they go on the road. You know to Pittsburgh. Uh, you know in, in you know cold weather. Obviously, you know it's it, there were so many factors that could have gone against the Jaguars. Yeah, that crowd got back into it at Heinz Field, and they, they they didn't let it affect them. But you know Sunday afternoon in New England at Gillette, the Patriots have been here for you know the last seven years straight. If you go back. I think it was like from 2002 till this year, there was only two seasons where the AFC title game didn't have either the Patriots or the Steelers. Oh, yeah. And more times than not, and I, and I think there's only been like four times since then that the Patriots have not been in this game. So the, this, this, is, this is like just kind of everyday old news for the New England Patriots. That's week 18. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so if the, if the moment gets too big for Jacksonville, New England wins. Jacksonville wins if 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 they get up early I I think if you can come out and do what you did in Pittsburgh and you can come out and go up it doesn't have to be 21 points but if you can get up enough that like the city of Boston starts to go whoa and they start going like they start to say you know what like because we've seen it from New England before where, where they can start to just rely on Tom too early and when teams come in and surprise them uh, that that they start saying, Tom, go win us a football game, and Tom's trying to tell them there's three quarters left, you know, right? And um, and you start to get some jabbing on the sidelines. Um, if you can force New England to start panicking uh, by by going up early, and you can kind of take that defense out, I talked about on the last question, um, and you let your defense kind of settle in into a borderline one dimensional uh, offense, I, I, I think you got a real good chance, and that that's what I'm hoping happens. And I have uh, Jacksonville winning um, if Blake Bortles can do what he did this past week. And and, and not not and I'm not going to be I'm not going to be the guy that you know if he doesn't I'm not just automatically going to blame him. I mean, if he screws up and he vomits all over himself and and he does the stereotypical Blake Bortles things, um, then. 
you know, then by all means, I'll come on here next week and 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 dog on Blake Bortles. But the guy has looked very good, and he looked tremendous this past week. Um, and, uh, this isn't they weren't playing the steel curtain by any means. But if Blake Bortles can do, I'd say if he can do half of what he did last week, you know, with Fournette and that defense, and you know, if they can if they can get up early, get a couple, get some points on New England, then you know, then I think that that is really the key to uh, to Jacksonville getting a victory. And like you said, we may be the only podcast in uh, in sports podcasting has that has, has to be. three guys all taking the uh the Jacksonville Jaguars but I like it and uh let's put the stamp on it those are the picks the only thing that any of us disagree on is the NFC title game no shocker there though no let's, let's I wasn't going anywhere close to Minnesota <laughs> not till not till two weeks from now <laughs> um but uh you know that's all I got I got an exciting weekend on tap Friday night Hershey Bears outdoor alumni game Saturday it's the outdoor classic. There's still tickets available. Like if you're listening to this and you didn't buy them because you thought, you know, January <laughs> may not be the greatest time to get outside and watch a hockey game. It's supposed to be like 51 degrees in Hershey on Saturday. The game starts at seven. It's probably going to be in the forties. It's going to be a gorgeous night for hockey. I can't wait uh, to sell outside. Hopefully the bears can win this. this is their third outdoor game. They've lost the first two in overtime. And I've been, I've been at both. Well, here so. you go. You know, it's so, you first know, time. You know, you know, we uh, we got that going for us. Hopefully, they can You're get the a Jaguars win. of outdoor AHL games. Now's your time. It's uh, yeah. Everything, nothing makes sense, and uh, and everything's crazy. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's put a stamp on this thing, Sean. You got a Twitter this week? Yeah, I signed up. All right, I have so, no idea how it works. Uh, we'll we'll teach you. We'll teach you. How can people follow you, Sean? Oh, we we on Twitter at uh, Sean underscore niece n i e s. And then I am uh, I am at Big Jim Sports. Dave is at D Gerhart zero two four. You can follow the show at Huddle Up Podcast on both Facebook and Twitter. Um, we are part of NGSC Sports Radio. Visit ngscsports.com. Uh, check out the sponsor of NGSC Sports. That is our sports baseball. You can also hear our show daily at leavesports.com. L e e i b sports.com. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Android. Go to undisputedbelts.com. For that gorgeous thing in the back, and I'm not pointing at Sean. That gorgeous thing in the back that uh, is a is a great fantasy football title. You can go to undisputedbelts.com. Also, go to playqb54.com. This is this is such an awesome uh, tailgating uh, you know tailgating item. It's a game. It's like one of those bag chairs, and the guy cut a hole in it, and it's like a net, and you throw the ball, and then you get to like kick field goals. There's PVC pipe goalpost this thing is a freaking blast it looks so awesome go to playqb54.com use promo code podcast and get 20 percent off of your order again playqb54.com and use promo code podcast until next time guys have fun enjoy the games we're going to preview the super bowl next time around and until then go for the win Virtual Major League Baseball. 
Our product provides an advanced and authentic experience in the hybrid category of fantasy and virtual sports. By owning and operating an large sports franchise, you compete for championships and money in leagues that mirror the MLB in every way. For sports fans who have dreamed of owning a sports franchise and handing out business cards that say Team Owner, Our Sports is making that dream a reality. Find them on Twitter at Our Sports Baseball and on Facebook as Our Sports Baseball. 